So good evening to everyone and welcome to our second day of Daughters of Destiny Arise virtual conference. We want to thank everyone that joined us last night. I know that you were blessed. We had such a powerful time with Dr. Nina Thomas last night from Barbados. And um, we were really blessed with the word that she encouraged us that we all are winners and that no matter what our past may have thrown at us, no matter what experiences and challenges we're going through now, we know that we have a God that we serve that says that we are more than conquerors through him. And so we were so blessed and encouraged with that word last night. And uh, we thank you for joining us. We want you to uh, be active on the different platforms that are available to you. Uh, share um, the links, uh, like and share. Tell us where you're from. Uh, we really like that. So put a comment in and tell us where you're watching from, um, which part of the world, which part of South Africa you're watching us from, uh, so that we can uh, connect with you maybe at, a, at another time as well. Uh, also, if you have any comments or uh, questions, uh, anything you want to ask our speaker for tonight, uh, please put that in the chat and we will address it after uh, our speaker has finished. So thank you so much for joining us. We pray you would be blessed. We are excited. We're looking forward to another night where God is going to really minister to us as women. And we're excited to have uh, Pastor Tamara with us today. And we're going to um, just introduce her today. So I'm going to hand you over to my husband, Pastor Gerald, and he's going to just uh, greet us as well. Amen, 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 amen. Well, welcome to all of you again. We, we really appreciate your support. And But more than this, this has been a platform, this is a ministry platform that has been created just to empower women, just to activate women into their role. I was just sharing with Pastor uh, Lots right now as she was preparing for to come in that we are in this place where we really need a generation of women, kingdom women to arise. Uh, you know, I said, you know, we were blessed to have our grandmothers and our mothers that were really active, you know, in, in, in the ministry, active in the body of Christ. And uh, somehow this current generation, uh, there is a, a slight deficiency and we're seeing it having an impact not only on the, the kingdom or in the body of Christ, but we're seeing it also having an impact even within the lives of families and homes. And I believe when women take their position even their kingdom position, we're going to see a great, great outpouring. So please, you're joining us on, on, on Zoom, you're joining us on YouTube, you're joining us on Facebook Live. Just let us know where you're joining us from. Like, share, you know, uh, tag somebody, comment. Amen. This, uh, this, this, let's keep it active tonight. As, uh, we've had some great responses last night and we're looking forward to some responses today as well. And I, I, you, you in for a treat tonight, amen. Uh, you in for a treat tonight. If you're joining us on Zoom, uh, please just leave in the chat, leave a question, leave a comment. We're gonna follow that up, and we're gonna we, uh, at the end we're gonna have a question and answer session, and we're gonna cover that. Now we 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 blessed tonight to have Pastor Tamara Lots with us. Uh, she is the eldest daughter, oh, eldest granddaughter. Sorry of Bishop Morris and Pastor Betty. And she is the eldest daughter of Bishop Ricardo Thomas, 
who is no stranger to the Potter's House family and to all of us. And so we are blessed to have another generation of Thomas, amen, speaking to us and just blessing us. She comes from a rich heritage of those that have been active in the ministry and in the body of Christ. She, she has a, a daughter, Courtney, and a son, Kylie, and she also has a beautiful granddaughter, Kulani, amen. And so we, 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 we are very blessed. The, we, just a little bit more on Pastor Tamara. She was, her background is she was an in, educational instructional coach, coach and a consultant to the Detroit uh, public charter schools. Uh, she was also in, 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 consult, in, in consulting. She has a, a love and a passion for children. And she also loves to see people grow, be set free from chains and having been placed uh, that, that, sorry, that has been placed on them from their life choices and experiences. She also has a background, a Bachelor of Science uh, background and education. She has a Master of Arts in Educational Leadership, and she is currently pursuing uh, a post-master's and a PhD. Amen. So she's also the, uh, she's also the pastor at Faith Tabernacle Church in Highland Park, Michigan, Detroit. And uh, so we are blessed today, amen, to have with us Pastor Tamara Lotz. And so we're going to just hand over to her. And so, ma'am, bless us with that which the Lord has placed in your heart. And I want you to, to again, just, just absorb, take in, write down. I know there's a lot that God is going to download into our lives. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Bless you to Bishop Gerald Niker, to his beautiful wife, Annie, your son, the doctor. <laughs> I want to thank you for the invitation to join you all on this evening, this afternoon here in the United States of America, but it is the evening. I want to bless you as you celebrate and you acknowledge Women's History Month. So I want to say happy Women's Month to everyone there over in South Africa. I do give honor to my own bishop and my father for without him building the relationship with you, I would not have had this opportunity. And you guys asked earlier where he was. He has emerged from the backyard and he's in here. So he sends his blessings to not only South Africa, but to those who are watching. Um, I want to give honor to God and I want to give honor to all the saints, friends, and family who are watching by way of social media. I want to thank you for joining me. To those who will be watching later on as the time go past, as they share with me, there are many other countries and many other cities, even here in the United States, that will be tuning in. So again, I want to thank you all uh, for watching to the many great churches. Thank you. I want to salute you all. And to the best church that I feel on this side of heaven, to the one who I'm now carried the task and the responsibility of leading Faith Tabernacle Church in the beautiful city of Highland Park, Michigan. Thank you to those who are joining me. If you don't mind, I just want to give way for a word of prayer. I just really feel that that's in order for um, where we're about to go and what God has given unto me. So with all of the acknowledgements and all of the honor, I want to honor my savior, God. 
I want to honor God and thank you for this opportunity of speaking by way of social media, the highways and the byways, which you have compelled us to go out into the world to do. So I don't count this task uh, and take it lightly. I count it as an honor. And Father, I pray that you would speak through me and speak through these lips of clay. And as we use this month and this week and these days to empower the women, oh God, let them know who they are, oh God. Give them a reminder of why you put them here on earth, oh God. Give them a reminder that you put them here on earth to do so many things. Yes, we're mothers. Yes, we're wives. Yes, we're sisters and we're friends, oh God. But you've given us a purpose to give birth, not only naturally so, but spiritually so. Let us walk in that upright position and purpose that you've given to us here on this earth. And we'd be so found, so careful to give your name, our honor, our glory, and our praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, we are here to celebrate Women's Month. What is a woman? What is a woman? You know, in my church, I've gone back to the beginning and I've gone back to Genesis and you know, God has just had me in Genesis. I haven't been able to break free from the book of Genesis. But a woman defined, according to the dictionary, is an adult female human being. It is a lady. It is a girl. It is a lassie. It is a wife. It is someone who is able to produce eggs and bear children. And as we're talking about women arise, I believe one of the biggest things we need to arise from is the image and the thoughts that we have about ourselves. I'm going to repeat that again. I said one of the biggest things I believe we need to arise from is the image and the thoughts that we have about ourselves. Many times we allow external circumstances to determine who we are. We allow what they say and we allow what they do to determine who we are. And more importantly, we allow our responses to determine who we are. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we have ugly responses or we may have a response to life that is not one of faith or not one of trusting God or not one of being a child of God. So a lot of times we feel that we're not the women of God that he has called us to be. But when we begin to respond in our flesh, we set up this vicious cycle of our own limitations of who we think we should be and how we think we should respond to life, this thing called life, this thing that is in the world. So again, I went back to Genesis and I said, let me go back to the beginning, God, of what and who you've created us to be. And I know it's a story that we've all heard many a time about how woman came out of Genesis, but I just felt really led to let you know and to remind you of who we are. So I'm going back to Genesis, the second chapter, and I'm going to read starting at the seventh verse, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 21. Reading at the seventh verse, it says, then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life and man became a living being or a living soul. 
And then when we jump down to the uh, verse 20 and 21, it says, but for Adam, there was no suitable helper for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then he closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of man and he brought her to man. Two things I got from here that I want to share with you. The first thing is that the man was made from dust. But the second thing is that God took you and he formed you. So you wasn't just made from dust, but once man became a living soul and he became life, he took his rib. And a lot of times I know we look at that and we've heard that and we kind of overlooked that. So I went ahead and said, well, what is a rib? We know that the rib is the curvy part of the bone that protects the major organs in the body. It is a protector and it protects something so precious that gives us as human beings life. What am I saying on today? You were, and I know you've heard this cliche, not taken from the man's head. You were not taken from the man's feet, but you were taken from his side. You were taken from something that was so precious, his strength. So God took you from something that was so precious from a man. And he said, in order for you to be his help me, I need you to be his strength. So one of the things you need to know that you were taken from the rib because you were his strength. So as a woman, you are a strong person. You are a support system for a man. Another thing it says is that when a man saw the woman, it says she's now bone of my bone because he was able to identify not with her weakness. Uh-uh. He was able to identify with her strength. So when he saw her strength, he said, oh yeah, she's my bone. I can identify with that bone, that rib bone. He said, oh yeah, that's my flesh because I can identify with her body. So she shall be called woman, a man with a womb. It also says that she shall be called a male, a female, a male with a fetus because she can carry and she can give birth. So as she was taken out of the man, she was able to leave and cleave. And that's how they were able to become one flesh. And Adam and his wife were both naked and they had no shame. So why do we have shame? Why are we afraid when we're naked and we're vulnerable and we're authentic? You know, why are we ashamed of that? God said, no, I don't want you to be ashamed of who you were. Why? That brings me to my next point. He said, because according to Psalm 139 and 14, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, so when I made you, even though there's man and there's woman, they're all types of uh, styles and shapes and heights and widths and, you know, anything. We all have different styles, hairstyles, eye shapes, mouth shapes, leg shapes. He said, because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, I love you so much that I've numbered the hairs that are on your head. Oh, yes, I did. He said, oh, yeah, that's hair number one. And the hair that fell in the shower this morning, that was hair number 31,000. He said, you're so unique. You're so unique that I've numbered the hairs on your head. And you're so unique that I formed and I shaped 
you to the woman that you are on today. What am I saying? That when God made you, see, you were born to your parents. He said, but when I made you, I made you grown. Uh-huh. He said, I made you fully develop into purpose of what I wanted you to be. He said, I made you and I formed you before you were even in your mother's and your parents' womb, before you were even a thought. He said, I made you one man. I made you a lady. I made you classy or a lassie. He said, but I made you into something special that nobody can take from you. Your fingerprints are unique. Your mouth structure is is unique. Even when you died and if you were decomposed, they could identify you based off of your mouth structure and your skeletal structure because nobody else have what you have. So you need to just touch yourself and say, I was born grown. Oh yeah, when you came to this earth, you were a baby and you had to mature and you had to grow into the world system. But God said in my system, in my spiritual system, he said, I already knew who you were. Oh yeah, he said, I made you and I formed you from the beginning of time. I knew that you were not only going to be a teacher or a nurse or a secretary or a help me, a housewife, a domestic engineer, as they call it here in the United States sometimes. He said, but I made you to carry and establish my purpose here on this earth. I've made you with all of your nine manifestation gifts. Oh yes, I did. I made you with all five of your ministry gifts for those of you who may walk in any of the offices of a minister. He said, oh yes, I made you with the seven motivational gifts. He said, I made you, I created you. You, you baking and cooking and doing administration and out in the world and doing some things. He said, that didn't just come from just a thought. He said, I put that thought there. So I think sometimes we need to be reminded. We need to be reminded that he created us and he made us and he formed us. And so when I think of the word fearfully and wonderfully, that word fearfully means with respect. So it's not saying fearlessly, it's saying with fear, with respect, I made you to honor me. I made you to go out and be my representative. I made you to go out in this earth. And every time you step up with dignity, yet with humility, you are representing me. So he said, I made you fearfully and wonderfully as a representation of who I am in this earth. Oh yes, you're wonderful. Some of y'all just need to tap yourselves, not in a pious or with pride, but you need to say, I am wonderful because you know why he never said we couldn't think highly. He just said, don't think highly than you ought. Oh yeah. A lot of us, we think highly than we ought to think. And he said, you're not supposed to think outside of what I made you. You're supposed to think inside according to my word, my will, and my way of what I made you. So you're a woman. You're made from the strength of a man, the rib of a man. Oh yes, you're made fearfully and wonderfully. Why do I say fivefold ministry? Why do I talk about ministries? Because if you were to look all throughout the Bible, we're starting with Eve, the lady I talked about. Even with Eve, we're talking talking about Noah's wife and Noah's daughter-in-laws who were able to repopulate and reproduce here on the earth. And then I think about Rachel and Leah. 
I think about so many wonderful things when I think about the women that were here on this earth. So I'm thinking about uh, the daughters of Zion, Eve. I'm thinking about Noah's wife. I'm thinking about Noah's daughter-in-laws. I'm thinking about uh, Rachel and Leah. I'm thinking about the different women throughout the Bible that we can connect with. And I think there's so many women in the Bible because he wanted us to identify with somebody. They're not all the same. You have the good girls of the Bible and you have the bad girls of the Bible. You have the leaders, the wives, the mothers. You have the daughters of Zion. You have the four daughters who were prophetess. You have the evangelists. You have Deborah the judge. You have Jael. There's so many women in the Bible that we can identify with. It doesn't just have to be one person. And then I think about women. I think about the women who stood out and their names were written in the Bible. I think about Ruth. Oh, yeah, I think about Ruth. She was a gleaner. She gleaned. She went and got the leftovers. You know, the women that love shopping in the thrift stores, the women that don't mind going and getting the gleaners, they don't mind. They're humble. And because of her humility, a millionaire in our case would probably be a multimillionaire or a billionaire saw her humility. He saw her hard work and he noticed her not in the bedroom. He noticed her not in the house, just sitting in the window, but he noticed her working. So it is okay for women to go out and work and be hard workers. And she did it with such a humble heart. And when she did it, she didn't just do it in her own strength. She did it under the instructions and under the direction of Naomi. So you can't talk about Ruth without not talking about Naomi. Oh yeah, a lot of us daughters, we're out here in this world with no instruction. So you need to follow the instruction of somebody if you are a woman. Naomi was a wonderful woman. She was a wonderful woman. And even in her bitterness, she still gave Ruth instruction. What am I saying on today? You may have gone through some things in life. You may be bitter in life. You may be going through something and you feel like I can't say anything. So you may run. And as my grandmother would always say, go tuck your tail and go hide somewhere. No, that's not what you should be doing. If you continue to give instruction, even in your hurt, even while she was mourning the loss of her husband and mourning the loss of her sons, she still gave direction and instruction to Ruth. And that direction and instruction set Ruth up for the rest of her life. She didn't say, uh-uh, honey, you was married to my son. I'm not going to uh, hook you up with nobody else. She said, no, I want you to be happy. You're still young. You can still live. And because of her love, y'all, because she was a woman who walked in love and because she was a woman who walked in maturity. She wasn't immature. She wasn't the silly women that the book of Proverbs talked about. She wasn't a catty woman, but because she poured into Ruth, you gotta be a woman that loved to pour into other women. And she may not have had it, but Ruth had it. And because Ruth had it, Ruth was able to go on and glean and glean until that man came and found her. Oh my 
my God. And y'all know the rest of the story because of Ruth. Hallelujah. In her lineage was David. And in David's lineage was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I thank God that somebody poured into somebody that allowed us to have a wonderful legacy and a wonderful lineage. And oh yes, Pastor Niker talked about our legacy and lineage. I'm, I'm happy to be a part of a powerful lineage and legacy. What are you creating as a woman? What are you creating for your family? What do your children see you doing? Do they see you being catty and playing this one against the next one? Do they see you playing favoritism among the people in the family? Do they see you gossiping about everybody in the neighborhoods of the church? What type of woman are you? What type of legacy are you setting for your sons and your daughters? Oh yeah, there are many women in the Bible. I think about Queen Esther who had her own book. Oh yeah, she said, for God I live and for God I die. And she said, if you give me three days, three days to fast, hallelujah, we're going to do something special and something powerful. And because she fasted for three days and three nights, she was able to save her nation, hallelujah. How many of you women are able to turn down your plates to save a nation when you see your city in trouble and when you see your families in trouble and your churches and your businesses in trouble? How many of you are able to gather some people and say, come on, y'all, come on, let's go here. Let's Let's go there. Let's turn down our plates for three days so we can save a nation. Hallelujah. That's the type of women that God is looking for in these last and evil days. He's looking for a woman to arise and do something. Not arise in your own might and strength and power, but arise in his might, his strength, his power. He's looking for somebody that will arise in glory. He's looking for somebody that will arise with instructions. He's looking for somebody that's willing to humble themselves like Ruth, but willing to stand up. Hallelujah. Like Esther. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's thinking about when I think about those women, I also think about Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute, but Rahab wasn't scared. Hallelujah. She saved people by hiding them in her house. She said, come on, y'all. So let me tell y'all, shenanigans wasn't the only thing going down in her house, but she cooked for them. She gave them a bed. She gave them a place to stay. I know we've heard about the widow women giving the prophet a place to stay, but you got to think about Rahab hiding people and hiding the men in her house. And through her obedience, again, the lineage of David came through her obedience. And we know the lineage of David came Jesus Christ. So don't think because you got a wayward past and don't think because you've been out there before in the streets that God can't use you. God can use whomever he wants to do. Why? Because he is God. Hallelujah. Yesterday, the speaker talked about Tamar being raped. And as she was talking, I thought about so many things. We're not physically raped, but a lot of us have been mentally raped because you don't know who you are. Uh-huh. You've been even emotionally raped because of the things that you've gone through in life. Oh yeah. You've been financially raped and bankrupt because of the bad decisions that you might've made with your money or life may have hit, or you may have lost 
stocks and bonds or whoever, we don't know what it is, but whatever it is because of that right situation, you've been left desolate and you've been left destitute. And you're saying, God, what should I do? God, I don't know which way to go. Oh yeah, but even like Tamar in the Bible, God said, I'll clean you up and I'll make you and I'll mold you. Why? Because a woman was made. So that's what I want you to remember. You did not come from the dust. Oh no, you're not a dirty birdie. You're not a dirty person, no matter what you've gone through. And those are just some of the women in the Old Testament. But I think about the New Testament. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In the New Testament, you got Mary and Martha and you got Jesus' mother, hallelujah, who I call the original ride or die. Hallelujah. She followed her son all the way to the cross. She stayed there while he was being crucified on the cross. She did not run from the situation. What am I saying on a day? I need some mothers that are willing to stand in a gap for their son. Hallelujah. Why the government, hallelujah, is beating the son. He may be in jail. He may be going through whatever. You may be dealing with the pain of your son being in the jail of his mind, being in the prison of his mind. But God is saying, I need some Marys. I need some Marys to stand up and that's going to stay at the cross. And I'm going to send some other women like he sent other women with Mary. Mary was not there alone. He sent women to help her. They prayed with her. They helped her to give birth to that situation and to that situation and that problem. So she didn't just give birth to the baby Jesus. She had to give birth to the crucified Jesus. Oh yeah, it was through them praying and it was through them crying and it was through them weeping and it was through them crying out that they stayed there to the point that one was able to go in the tomb when the men opened the tomb and they were able to say, where is he? Where is he? Where is my savior? So there were women, ride or die women that stayed with Jesus even until the very end. Hallelujah. So we've got to have those type of women that are in our lives that are able to stay to the very end. You got to have that woman that washed the feet of Jesus. She took her hair and she cried her tears and her tears, hallelujah, cleansed him. Her tears helped prepare him for burial. What type of women are you on today? Oh yeah, I asked that question. What type of woman are you on today? There are so many women in the Bible from the beginning to the end that we have stories of victory, stories of tragedy, stories, real life stories. There is nothing new under the sun. I know you think my story is unique. My daughter's story, my sister's story, my best friend. No, 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 no. There is nothing new under the sun. And for everything that you've gone through, Oh yeah, somebody has gone through it. Back to Eve, hallelujah. If your children are arguing, Eve had to see sibling rivalry with her children. So we have so many stories of mothers and of women who have endured so many things to raise their families, to make a name and a mark for their families, to help their children become who and what they are in the name of Jesus. I think about, as we're coming to a close, I think about the book of Joel and Acts that we're told that in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, all flesh. That means man, woman, boys and girls, and even babies. So we're in that day. 
we're in that season. So not only is he blessing the children and we're praying for them as they're gathering and getting ready for school, but he's blessing the old and the young. And I've been telling the people at my church, you're never too old. You're never too old to go out and get what you want. I've talked about the women, hallelujah, in the Bible, but I've had some powerful women in my life, women that I grew up in church with that have watched over me and catered and that have poured into my life. My own mother, who's not only a nurse by profession, but she's a praying warrior. Oh, yes, she is. I remember when she prayed me back home, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, I was in a bad and abusive relationship and I left and she said, I knew when you left the house, it wasn't going to be nothing good. And she prayed until I came back home and I was unharmed. And what we didn't know, well, I knew, but they didn't know until later that he had plans to kill me. Well, I'm thankful that the plan of the enemy did not prevail. I'm thankful when, and I told my family later, he had a knife up to my throat. He said, tonight you're going to die. But I think because of my mother's prayers, oh yes. And I think because she interceded, huh? and I think because she loved the Lord and the Lord knew I have a plan and I have a purpose for Tamara Lots. Oh yes. So God spared my life and I thank him for sparing my life. And that's why I owe him everything. Oh yes. That's why I owe him everything. Another powerful woman I think about is my grandmother. My grandmother was 52 years old when she decided to go back to school and get her GED. And over the last 20 years, our church have been giving out scholarships in her name for people who want to go back to school. Oh yes, that's powerful to me. So life does not have to end at 30 or 35. Life does not have to end at 50. But not only did she get her GED, she went back to nursing school. And she became a nurse in her 50s. And she nursed, she said, until they laid her off in the 60s. She said, they had to tell me to go home. But when she went home, God was preparing her for full-time ministry. So yes, I do walk in a powerful legacy and lineage. I too can do this in 2022 because I seen my grandmother do it in 1990. Oh yeah, I seen her do it until she turned the church over to my father. So you have to understand, I talked about vicious cycles. There are good cycles as well too. And she stayed in the gap until my dad came back in place and did what he needed to do. And what people don't know, I wasn't the first successor. My dad named my son his successor. But because my son wasn't old enough, amen, God had a different plan. But because of what I've seen my grandmother do, I know I too have to stand in the gap until my son come back around and he does what he is supposed to do. So there's already been a way made for you. There's already been an example made for you, not only in the Bible, but here on this earth. So what type of example will you leave? What type of example will you leave for your people, for your children? Let it be one of strength because again, she wasn't made from the head to be controlled over or dominated over. Together, they were supposed to dominate the earth and take authority and subdue the earth. She wasn't made under his feet to be trampled over, but she was made by his strength. Oh yeah, a woman was made by the strength, the rib of a man. Finally, God says there's no Jew or, or Gentile. There's no Greek. 
He said, so you can't allow people to say that it's because of this race or that race. This is who I'm using. It's not because of classism or sexism. He said, I use who I want to use. It's not woman or man. He said, in these last days, I am using who I want to use. So don't let anybody stop your business, your ministry, your home, your purpose. And I say this with sincere sincere humility because a lot of times women see this and we think we don't have to submit to anybody you have to submit to the word of God and again if you're married when you go home you take off that boss hat and you learn to submit in your home so there's order in the home and there's peace in the home so you have to do what you have to do and do what God has called you to do yes you can be a leader yes you can be a lion and a lamb that's why Jesus Christ did what he did. He was the example for all of us. He was a roaring lion, yet he was a humble lamb. And he became the sacrifice as a lamb so we can learn how to do sacrifices. So I leave you with rising. Woman, arise. Know who you are and why you were put here. There are times when we're told to rise. Rise means to get up, stand up upward movement. You're going from a lower position to a higher position. God is saying, I need for you to come up. Oh yeah. I need for you to come up in your thought process. I need for you to elevate your words, elevate what you say. I need for you to elevate your dress and your behavior. And I don't mean in the traditional sense. I mean, arise like the queen that you are. So he's saying, I need for you to come up to that higher position. And not only are you rising to an upward place and an upward position, he said, but I need you to arise. Oh yeah. Arise means to emerge. So that means, women, you're there. We see you. We know you're here. We know that you're rising. But in addition to rising, he said, I need you to emerge. I need you to become the woman of God that I'm calling you to be. Another definition that I love, and I leave you this with arise, is an opportunity, a situation, and to become a parent to get up and not only get up, but to stand up and walk. So when you say rise and you say arise, arise has power in it. It has dignity in it. It has a smile. There's pride in it when you're talking about arise. So that is what God is calling for us to do as women in these last and evil days, not rising with your bodies only, not rising in shame only, not rising and just being busy bodies as we were taught. You don't go around being a busy body or a gossiper, but to go around doing and being who God has called you to be in this time, in this season, daughters, women arise. Again, to South Africa, thank you for this opportunity. I'm wishing your country a happy Women's Month, a happy Women's Week, and we honor that they honored the women on August 9th. I am indeed grateful that I was a part of that number. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Pastor Tamara. We were really, really blessed. And uh, there's so much that came out of this, this session and so much that you have brought that will encourage different types of women, women that are in different stages in their lives. But um, there's one important thing that I just want to just ask you a question on, and maybe you can just uh, elaborate a little bit more for us, is that when you were talking about the New Testament woman, and then you started with um, 
Mary, Martha, and then the mother of Jesus. Um, you said this, this one statement you made is that she, Jesus' mom followed him all the way to the cross. And um, I think uh, for me, my question is, how would you encourage uh, a generation of women that we are seeing now today? And I don't know how prevalent this is in the US, but here in South Africa, is we seeing a generation of, of young moms that feel um, that their job ends uh, maybe when their kids uh, get married or the job ends when the kids go off to, to college, you know? Uh, how would you encourage them to, to be like, you know, you know uh, Jesus' mom followed him all the way to the cross? Okay, that is a very powerful question. Um, and as a mother and as an educator, what I have found out is you have to learn how to follow your children in stages. And so just like, you know, you don't treat them like they're in first grade when they're actually in eighth grade, we can't treat them as teenagers as they are as adults, but it doesn't mean you take your hands off. It just means you parent them in a different way and you love on them in a different way, and you still give them advice in a different way. There are times when um, I think about the, the bow, the arrow, we have to hold them back to shoot them in a the direction that they need to go. And there are sometimes I've watched bow people who actually do the arrow and bow. When the bow leaves, they watch it, and sometimes they may follow it. And they start walking with it when they see where it's going, because eventually they have to get it and take it out of that place that it's at. And so I think it's important that we watch what our children are doing, even as adults, because if there's ever a time that they're stuck in a tree or there's ever a time that they're stuck in a situation and they can't get out, God has given us the authority to snatch them out of that, whether we're snatching them out in prayer like I said, my, my family has done for me, for us, or we're snatching them out physically out of the streets. And so I think that that's very powerful. I do think that we have a responsibility to follow our children. God forbid if they die before us to death, but at least follow them until we leave and we demise and we can't follow them anymore. But very powerful. I hope that answer. We follow them in stages and we yeah. follow them with wisdom, asking God to give us wisdom on how we should handle them, talk to them, deal with them, lead them, all of those things. So I think that helps. I, I, I think this is a very, very powerful encouragement, especially to women and to to parents all out there that are listening, uh, because uh, our children, as they evolve into different stages, what they may need from us will be different, but what we need and the role that we will play may be different, but it's necessary that you're still with them in the different seasons of yes. their lives. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 throughout uh, the message you were sharing today, I kept on tracking uh, reference to legacy, uh, reference to lineage. And, you know, often we've used uh, a lot of the language of legacy and lineage tying to the male and to the husband's lineage. And, uh, and, and sometimes even in scripture, we, we don't realize that some of the more powerful women, the, uh, the, the, the lineage of their children 
the, like 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 David can be tracked back to uh, back to 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 you know to Ruth and 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 her life and 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 the challenges and and I think sometimes we have to look at that we have to go through some things ourselves that the generation after us can be in a better footing that wow. they can be positioned into their purpose uh, you know. Um, for, for you, you know, when we talk about legacy and lineage, how important is it for you? Um, it's very important because uh, I am third generation but fourth leadership of legacy and lineage uh, with my family. But it's so important because at my church, we've been in Highland Park for over 50 years. And there in the ministry, we have families, children, and grandchildren who's been there from the beginning of time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, our church, Bishop just said, we've been in Highland Park for over 70 years. We, our church has been here for over 50 years. And um, we have people here, like even my, down to my chief armor bearer, her mom was in our church over 40 years, almost 50 years before she passed. So she understands the legacy and the lineage, not just of FTC, but understand the culture of the city. And so when we minister, we go out as soldiers and we are in fortitude and we minister in fortitude, understanding that we're not there because we want to be there. We're there because God has called us there. And so lineage is like your lineage, the, the Niker family or whatever. But legacy is everything that Durban Potterhouse leaves to yeah. that area. That's the legacy that you're leaving. So your son not only benefits from that legacy, everybody that's a part of that ministry benefits from that legacy. And so that's the difference between lineage because we have various lineages at Faith Tab. But we have a legacy where I want it to be a spiritual legacy, how you have your family doctor, like, oh, my mom went there, my dad went there. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the restaurant. We've all gone there. That's, you know, like a legacy. That's where our family vacation. I want it to be a spiritual place where people know that they can always come to for inner healing and deliverance or where they can always come to to be empowered and go back out in the earth and do what God has called them to do. I, I like that distinction that you made between lineage and, and legacy. Yeah. You know, the, the understanding that we are not only building our biological family, yes. but legacy is saying, what are we leaving that we will be remembered in our community, in our nations, yes. our footprint on the earth, you know? Yes. And, 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 and I think as parents and, and as, as women, you know, the encouragement is to begin to really think legacy. You know, think yes. what we are not only leaving for them, but what we are leaving in them. You know, uh, this is what is gonna carry more than the, the, the inheritance, the, the money or the property or the assets that we're gonna leave our children. Uh, what are we leaving in them? Because, you know, I, I heard a, a, you know, a gentleman say it the other day, he says, you know, if I leave you millions of, uh, of you know of dollars or rands, and uh, if you do not have my heart or, or the spirit that it took to make it, yeah, it's no yeah. benefit for the next generation. Yes, you're gonna squander it all. 
Yeah. yeah. You're going to squander it all and you won't understand the principle or the ethic of what it took to get it. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and the other thing as well that we also um, share with our children and, and we tend to do this a lot. And I've seen a lot of the, the mom, mothers in the church uh, speak as well, is they speak about the, the generations that have gone before and how they've impacted the ministry. You know, uh, I hear yeah. like uh, sometimes in, in conversations, you hear them saying, uh, my or, or your um, grandmother was very involved in, um, in, in giving and in helping the poor. And you can see uh, that tracking in the yes. lives of the, of the generations that are yes. coming after. You can see that same uh, spirit uh, in the, and the same impact that they want to make. And it's really flowing from, the, from one generation to another. And I think That's it's important good. for us as women uh, and as parents to speak to our children and to share with them our, about our families, our fathers and our grandfathers and what they did for the Lord and to encourage them because it may just trigger something inside of them. You know what? I have the same desire in my heart. And then you will see that area of ministry will not die with just one generation because it'll move from generation to generation. So it's so important for us to speak about what we've experienced and how it's impacted us so that it can impact the next generation. You know, may I add, you just said something so powerful, um, Pastor Annie. Um, oral history is what we've been taught is one of the most powerful ways of marketing, of sharing information. And you said, continue to speak. And I think that that's so powerful. And that's why women's mouths have been closed because there's so much power when we speak and when we share stories. And so continue to speak. I don't know why that resonated in me when you said that. So yes, we have to tell our daughters that they have a story to tell and they must continue to speak positivity. Yeah. You know, uh, I think I think we all, uh, you know, we keep teaching. I teach the principle that we, we stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before us. Yes. So therefore we can see further and we, we can achieve more because there are those that have, there's, there are those on whose uh, shoulders we are standing on, you know, and that makes us stronger. Uh, you know, you made a, a, a statement of submitting to God and submitting to your, to your, to your spouse or to your husband. A very, a very, a very important statement that was made, and often, you know, submission has kind of been a very contentious area for a lot of women, especially in the 21st century. Um, you know, uh, because it was always taught as a point of weakness. It was always yeah. taught as a as a point of uh, losing your own sense of identity. But I, I really believe that submission is strength under control. You know, uh, you know who you are, you have an identity and therefore you are able to submit because it doesn't detract or doesn't take away from who you are as a person. Is there yeah. any thoughts on your side on that? I think that, first of all, that's a power. I just wrote it down. Submission is strength under control. Yeah, yeah. Did you say that? Okay. That's a very powerful statement. And I believe that there is an order to things. And I believe that even if Eve, once she spoke to 
the snake in the garden has she submitted to Adam or went to him and said, what do you think about this? And just got his idea about it. The story would have gone another way. So I just believe that that story was inserted to show that there's power in submission and conversation. There's power in asking questions. There's power in saying, what do you feel about that? Because one thing about it is if Adam identified the snake, he knew who the snake already was. Yeah, yeah. So so perhaps maybe we don't talk about the fact that Eve probably didn't even go to him. She just did what she wanted to do. Or maybe he didn't move quick enough. Who knows? You know, we know how the yeah. interaction of male and female relationship is. But I think that there's power and submission. And I think the more important thing that we leave out is that the Bible tells us is that we submit to the man as the man is submitting unto God. So I think as loud as we cry for women's submission, we need to cry for male submission as well, too, because it's not that women have a problem submitting. It's the fact that what are we submitting to? So when we talk about submission, we also have to cry out for submission on both parts and that they be a submission unto God so that both parties are submitted one to another, that both parties are singing hymns and spiritual songs, as it says, and that they are doing the will of the Father. Amen. Amen. Uh, Pastor Tomato, would you, would you close us out with a word of prayer today? Absolutely, absolutely. Father, we just bless your name for this time and space as we um, shared on what a woman was and as you reminded us that you made us, that we didn't just come from dirt, but that you formed and fashioned us out of the rib of a man. You formed and fashioned us from his strength. And because you took from him, we were able to turn right back around and give back to him as his help me. So I thank you that there's a reciprocity when it comes to who you are and what you do. So I pray for the reciprocity and the blessing that you have over Durban, South Africa. I thank you for the blessing that you have for the legacy of Potter's House. I thank you for the blessing that you have here at Faith Tab with Bishop Rick and the United States in the city of Highland Park and what you're doing with all of our families and everyone who's connected to us, our friends, our loved ones. And Father, we'd be so careful to give your name our honor glory and praise. And I pray for the rest of this week as Pastor Annie comes and minister and the other women come and minister, that you will use them mightily, oh God, that there will be an exchange in this earth of who you've called us to be. And we thank you for the servant and the visionary of the house. I I just love um, Pastor Nykar so much and his family. And I'm just asking a special blessing upon them and your son, Jesus name, we praise you and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, thank you to all that have been listening to us, to the to the Faith Tab family. We we want to just thank you again for, for allowing your your pastor and your bishop to be an impact to our lives. I, I want you to know as a ministry, you are touching nations. Uh, like right now on the broadcast, we've got people connecting in South Africa, Zimbabwe. Kenya, Tanzania, Rwanda, Nigeria, Ivory Coast, UK, France. We've got people from Dubai and India. We are touching different nations, different tribes, different tongues. And I want you to know that your reach is beyond Highland Park. 
Yes. Your footprint is beyond Highland Park. And so for everyone that is joining us, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. I'm going to hand over to Annie. She's closing us tonight. Thank you so much, Pastor Tamara. We were so blessed. And we just want to uh, encourage all our viewers to uh, join us again tomorrow night. Same time, same place. Uh, we'll be here and ready to share and ready to impart into your life, ready to bless you again and to encourage you with the word and to build you up so that as daughters of destiny, you can arise and take your rightful place in the kingdom of God, establishing the kingdom, being ambassadors on the earth for God. And we pray that you will join us. So don't forget to uh, share the invite for tomorrow's meeting. Uh, share the details um, on your different platforms, social media platforms uh, that you communicate on Instagram and, and Facebook. Share it so that others can join us as well. And so that others as well can be blessed by uh, this women's and conference that we have. Sorry. Yeah. Also share, share what has been happening last night with Dr. Nina uh, and, yes, and tonight yes. with Pastor Tamara. For those, some of them will be joining at later times. So please also share those. I believe it will just create a platform for what has been building. Amen. We're building line upon line and precept upon precept. We're going all the way till Friday night. So join us. You're going to be blessed. <laughs> Take care. Goodbye. Amen. Goodbye.